I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Coco Express Show for Saturday, July 11th, 2015. It's me, Aurelia, and I am back. Uh, I have to tell you that we've been kind of not so visible lately because um, there's been a lot that's gone on, and I wanted to share this much with you so you wouldn't think that we just kind of dropped off the air. Um, This past year, uh, I've personally had three really dramatic losses in my family, and my family in general has had uh, two really traumatic losses. And sometimes you are not always aware of how it's going to affect you until it happens, and and that's exactly what we experienced, and that's exactly what I experienced. And so I'm back, and I um say I'm better than before because I've had a lot of time to do some reflection and thinking and uh, prioritizing those particular things that are in my life that are of importance. And this show is of importance to me, and I wanted to continue doing it and continue bringing interesting, uh, exciting dialogue and, and guests. And with that in mind, I, uh, today's guest is Tracy Hamlin. She is a singer and songwriter, and she's releasing her new track, No Limits, but what's so interesting about her, which is going along with something I've been doing for a while now, I've just been retracing history, so to speak, just doing research on the accomplishments of women and more specifically the accomplishments of women of color. And we know so little about the accomplishments of women of color that it is it amazed me. It just completely blew my mind how many different things I did not know. And I will be one to tell you if I don't know something because there's so much I don't know that amazes me because every day I'm learning something new. And I believe that with all the negative images that we see that have been um, showcased on TV and you he- you see it in videos, music videos as well, as well as you, magazines, newspapers. Every time you open up a page, there's always some kind of negative imagery being projected. And we all know that negative energy, imagery, imagery that is projected promotes negative energy. I couldn't get that out right. And the reflection of what we see that has been thrown out there to us is we played over and over again in our actual lives. Uh, we have, you know, some real things that we really need to step back and do, and we really need to step back and start addressing our young ladies and letting them know how beautiful and special they really are, how wonderful and amazing and intelligent they really are, how they come from such outstanding, outstanding genes, outstanding women who have accomplished opportunities and have paved the way for them to be able to just walk up and down the street acting the fool and cutting up the way that they do. You have shows, and I'm not trying to say that every last reality show is not good for you. There are some things you need to know, some things you should have um, some kind of awareness of, but some of the things like the fighting and the calling each other names and the um, the competitiveness, those are all things that are completely, absolutely unnecessary for us to be doing to one another and having that in our environments. But they exist and they're there. And what you really need to know is 
that was not something that went on. Um, uh, yes, there was always competitiveness. Yes, there was always backbiting. Yes, people were always trying to cover their behind um, and so on and so forth. However, there was more of a sisterhood and people tried to help one another because we were all in the same pot. We were all trying to survive and we knew that together we could do more than we could alone. And together we tried to do more. We have, I mean, so many accomplishments and I have with us an accomplished artist. However, I have to tell you, she was coming in um, from um, an event and she was on a plane. So there's a possibility she may not be able to make it because her plane was delayed. And that I understand too, but that's not going to stop me from talking about her and talking about how amazing she really is. See, what we really have to do is, even if the person is not available, we still have to continue singing their praises because of the accomplishments that they have made. Now, I'm just going to go on, and if she's able to meet us, fine, that's fine. If not, we can still continue to go on, and we can give her support because she earned it, she deserves it, and she is going to get it from me. And so Tracy Hamlin is a singer-songwriter, and she has um, a CD that's going to be released this summer. In fact, on July 17th, she's going to release her CD, and it's called No Limits. She has a No Limits single that was released in the United States on uh, Friday, June 26th. And uh, it was also released in the UK, um, I believe, on the 19th. And she has uh, an amazing following uh, globally as well as here, you know, in the United States. She has worked with, uh, let's see, well, she has worked with Lorenzo Johnson, who's a part of the winning production team that produced Lettuces, Lost and Found, and Turn Me Loose. She has performed with Carlos Santana. Um, Jonathan Butler, Shaka Khan, Marcus Miller. She's toured internationally with Gloria Gaynor and Mesa. She was the lead vocalist with Pieces of a Dream. She has her own record label called DMH Records. And she um, also did something that's really amazing is she teaches um, classes and vocal workshops to to children as well as adults. So she makes herself available. She shares her craft and the knowledge that she's gained with her craft to others. Now, this is an amazing thing, and I have to tell you, those that can do go back into the communities that they um into all communities, not just the communities that they were raised up in, the communities that they grew up in, but into all communities and they try to reach back and help. Because there's a saying that is said on their shoulders, we shall stand. And we are standing, all of us are standing on some amazing shoulders. And all of us really need to understand that, too, and that we need to give back. She is originally from Baltimore, and she got her start at 11 years old. And she then got herself into the Baltimore School of the Arts. And I know that in the performing arts um, high schools, you are given so much of a... a lesson. I mean, a lesson, you start with the basics and you just build from there. If you are already gifted and talented, that is when it's developed. That is when it is molded and crafted into the direction that it's going to go into and to whom you soon will become. If you're not already there yet, because I know from experience that there were some classmates of mine when I was going to the performing arts, a performing arts high school in New York who were already out in the business doing their thing and that was where they needed to be so that they can continue doing their thing and learn. So, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, that you start when you get into a performance high school. It just means that, you know, it's a place we can go and you are with like-minded individuals who share the same interests and in some cases, same gifts and same talents and and maybe some of the same abilities. Now, she is going to continue to grow as an artist. She has accomplishments, including being placed on the Grammy ballot 
and uh, she has six, at, you know, in six categories, co-producing with Tony Tatum, single Could It Be, I'm Falling in Love, and teaching music and clinics and vocal, work, vocal workshops in the East Coast and Caribbean. And I'm thoroughly proud of her accomplishments, and I'm really glad that her information came across my desk because you have to really let people know who's out there, what they're doing, and what's going on. And it's not just the ones that you see that we keep using over and over and over and over and over again, or rather keep seeing over and over and over and over again that are doing amazing things. There are others out there who are, too, doing amazing things, and they need to be brought to the forefront so that people can really see and hear them and know about them. Now, I'm going to play a little of her music for you, so that way you can um, get an idea uh, of her music. Now, I have been having, I have downloaded her No Limits single several times, and for the life of me, it will not upload into my um, server to my music. So I do have another one of her earlier songs, and I'll play that for you so that way you can hear her vocal prowess. And it's Tracy Hamlin giving me something. So please enjoy. Thank you.
as you can see, she has some uh, dynamic vocal chops. That's all I can say. But I'm not sure she's going to make it. So, you know, we're just going to move on with our show and everything. And I'm just going to just give you some tidbits and things to think about. I mean, if we have the opportunity to have Tracy Hamlin on the show at a later date, that would be amazing and a wonderful thing and a really great opportunity. But as we move along, as I was talking to you about the amazing accomplishments of women of color, you know, there are some little-known facts that we kind of, like, don't know, or some of us know and some of us don't know. So I'm just going to share some things that may be old news to you, but it wasn't old news to me when I discovered it, so I'm just going to share it with you. Okay, now did you know that before Rosa, pa- Rosa Parks did her famous bus boycott, there was another young lady named Claudette Colvin, C-O-L-V-I-N. Nine months before Rosa Parks' famous bus boycott, Colvin, a fi- at 15, refused to give up her seat to a white passenger. She was inspired to stand up for her rights after learning about African-American leaders in school. Civil rights leaders didn't publicize her story because... Um, she was she was born to an unwed mother. Now, isn't that something? You know, like I said, there are so many things that we don't know about our history or we don't understand and may never know just because of the simple fact that some things were not meant to, to be shared because it didn't fit in a category that was uh, politically correct or may have caused question. So all those causing of questions or questionable, char- questionable um, characteristics pushed a lot of things to the back burner and to the back and those are things that should not have gone unnoticed and and unheard of and you know we we have to really think about it for example we have a Beth Brown she was a PhD um she was born in 1969 she died in 2008 she was an astrophysicist in the science and exploration directorate at NASA at Goddard Space Flight Center. She was the first African American woman woman to earn a doctorate in astronomy astronomy from the University of Michigan. She was the first, you know. And there are a lot of firsts of women of color, and we really need to start um, acknowledging them. So we also have another one. I have the founder and president of Math Math Math. SP. It's www.mathsp.com. Okay. Earned a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering from MIT, a master's degree in chemical engineering from the University of California, Berkeley. Okay. This young woman, the founder of MathSP, and from Emory, and she earned an MBA from Emory University, and she worked as a chemical engineer engineer in the United States and England. Math SP's math test preparation helps students score higher on the quantitative section on any standardized test. So a lot of parents should know about this because we have our kids that are really trying to be competitive on this educational, I call it battlefield, because it is just so difficult, you know, sometimes to to just be able to 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 stay where you are and stay on your ground and do what you need to do and really excel educationally because sometimes the education that you're getting is not up to par with what others are getting. I'm just going to put it like that. I'm not saying that the teachers are not equipped or, you know, qualified. It's just that sometimes their hands are tied with what they can do and what they cannot do. And then there's a limit of resources because the budgets are not always as flush as in other areas in other schools. Let's see. What else can we find? that will Okay. Now, let's see. There's an Ada Lewis Spuel Fisher. In 1948, Ada Lewis Spuel, when denied admission on the basis of race, Fisher filed a suit asserting that she must be admitted to the OU Law School since there was no comparable facility for African-American students. Losing in state courts, Marshall argued the case before the Supreme Court, which reversed the lower courts in 1948. So we weren't always just sitting back and just not doing anything. We were out there fighting, fighting a good fight 
and fighting for the opportunities of the future generation. And, you know, that is something that we really, really, really need to kind of step up and own up to that. We are some bad broads out here. You know, we come from some amazing stock, and it's time that we start acknowledging that. And let's see. I'm going to find some more to kind of like throw at you because there's so much out there that we really need to know. Okay. We have a pioneering black reporter and historian, Delilah Leonum Beasley, was born in Cincinnati, Ohio, around 1867 in what was a small but thriving African-American community. Beasley attended the city's segregated public schools, and by her teenage years, she started publishing short social reports on on the black community for both the local and black newspapers and the white newspapers. Okay? That's another one. That's 1867. So, you know, that's something to really consider and think about because we don't always know. Okay, I have another one. Um, Louise Beavers, she was born in 1902. She died in 1962. She was an African-American film and television actress. Beavers appeared in dozens of films from the 1920s to the 1930s, most often the role of maid, servant, or slave. A native of Cincinnati, Ohio, Beavers was a member of the Sigma Gamma Rho sorority, one of the four African-American sororities. Now, you may not have ever heard of her, but you might have seen her. But being in that particular arena, being able to be an actress at that time was not always easy. So getting the roles that you were able to get, that was a major accomplishment, and that was something to consider. Now, I mean, I personally, I commend them because it wasn't an easy, easy challenge in any state, any, any by any means, by any means. Okay. Now we have another one. It's Maya Harris. Maya Harris is Clinton's senior political advisor and a major influence on how the Democratic candidates talk about the issues of crime and po- and policing. Now, you know, this is really interesting as well because if we don't know who's who, we would automatically assume that there is none. So here's another one. Let's see. Edna Lewis, she was born in 1916. She died in 2006. She was an African-American chef and also best known, a best-known author for her books on traditional Southern cuisine. She was one of eight children. Her cookbooks include the Edna Lewis Cookbook. It was followed by The Taste of Country Cooking in 1976, considered a classic study for Southern cooking. She co-founded the Society for the Revival and Preservation of Southern Food a precursor to the Southern Foodways Alliance, SFA. She died in Decatur, Georgia in 2006 at the age of 89. Now, okay, this is another known fact. I I mean, I can just run them down and keep going and going and going and going forever. And I will keep going and going and going forever. And let's see, we have an A.Z. Taylor Morton is the only African-American to serve as the treasurer of the United States. She was appointed in 1977 during the Carter administration. Okay, and you know, it's it's just so much that we really need to just grab hold of and take ownership of. I mean, we really need to take ownership of this stuff, and perhaps we'll have a, a higher self-esteem because it's just so important that we understand that we really need to know. And I'm gonna say it over and over again. And you're probably gonna get tired of me saying this over and over again, but I'm serious. We really need to know. Now, this is another known, a little known fact. But Miss Charlotte Cooper became the first female Olympic champion in history, with two tennis victories in the ladies' singles and the mixed doubles. It was the only, as of these games in Paris, that women were allowed to take part in the Olympic competitions, and that was in the 1900, 1900 Olympics. Okay, and we've been. Breaking barriers. Look at Serena and Venus Williams. I mean, they're standing on the shoulders of this particular woman right here, Miss Charlotte Cooper. Let's see, what else can I find? Um, There's just so much 
tool to to discover and uncover. And the more you look, the more you realize and understand. Um, let's see. I am going to see if I can find some other interesting. Okay. Elaine Brown is known for being the first and only woman to head the Black Panther Party. But most importantly, she is a radical writer, activist, singer. She also ran the Green Party in two thousand in the 2008 election. The value of, this is quoting her, the value of my life has been obliterating as much by being female as by being black and poor. Racism and sexism in America were equal partners in my oppression. Elaine is now the Youth Economic Development Coordinator with the Alameda County, a.k.a. Oakland, California. So, you know, people stand for what they believe in. They don't hide behind anything. Those that are doing are doing, and they're proud of what they're doing. They don't double talk. They just do and you know their works by what they do. Okay, let me see. Who else can I find? Oh, okay. This one I found really in- interesting. Ezuha Palsi is E-U-Z-H-A-H, last name P-A-L-C-Y, is a film director, writer, and producer from Martinique, French West Indies. She is notable for being the first black woman director produced by a major Hollywood studio, MGM, for a dry white season, as well as being the only woman filmmaker to have directed Marlon Brando, whom she brought back to the screen after a gap of nine years. Palsy is also the first black artist to win a Caesar Award, the highest French film award. So we really, really have to know, you know, exactly what's going on. Now, this one, which I really found interesting because I didn't know this either. I guess you'll probably say, what I live on the rock. No, I don't. But there are some things, you know, in your day-to-day existence, you focus on the here and now. You're not looking back at the past and some of the things that go on aren't always publicized by mainstream media. So you have places like this that do what they can. So now we have Isabel Wilkerson, who spent most of her career as a national correspondent and bureau chief at the New York Times, is the first black woman to win a Pulitzer Prize in the history of American journalism and was the first black American to to win it for individual reporting. Now, that's amazing. And she's a young lady and a very, very strikingly beautiful woman. So, and I have to tell you, all these women who have done these amazing things, they are all beautiful women. And you just, you got to see it, you know. And they're not doing it in the manner that you think it is. Oh, now here, let's see. There was, there is just so much out there for us to to understand. Okay, I'm looking for some more right now that I think might be of interest. Okay. Now this is even this this is even more interesting. In eighteen fifty eight, this woman, Miss F. E. W. Harper, refused to give up her seat on the ride in the colored section of a segregated trolley car in Philadelphia a hundred years before Rosa Parks and wrote one of her most famous poems, Bury Me in a Free Land, when she got very sick while on a lecturing tour. Her short story, The Two Offers, became the first short story to be published by an African-American. Interesting. So, you know, what comes around goes around. Nothing new under the sun. History repeats itself. So everything that we're seeing has happened before, and maybe it is the spirit of that person that comes back to to really get done what they couldn't get done or to continue doing it over and over again for us until you get it right, that kind of thing. You know, that's just me talking, and it may sound crazy, but I'm just saying, 100 years before Rosa Parks, 
Then you have the young lady who um, went up on on the flagpole and took down the Confederate flag in South Carolina. So, you know, it, it's it's not that these people, oh, she's courageous. It is part of her heritage. It is part of who she is. It is part of who we are. We are strong, resilient. We are brave. We are courageous. So it's not nothing new. It's just that sometimes you get pushed into a corner and you have to just kind of like ask yourself exactly what it is that you're doing. And I'm not saying that there are not others who are as strong. I mean, women in general are strong resilient and courageous. I'm just talking about a particular segment of the population that I am familiar with, that I have firsthand experience with, not that I can say these things happen to me, but they have happened to people I know of and may even be related to. So therefore, I'm not making anything up and I'm not talking down about anything or anyone. I'm elevating and uplifting. And that's what I'm doing here right now. Just to let you know to all my young ladies out there, okay, I believe we have our guests with us and hopefully I can stop talking now. Thank you. Hello, Tracy? Hello? Yes, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm so glad. I've been running my mouth for the longest, hoping that we would get you and I'm glad you can join us. <laughs> Well, let me tell you, I am in Nashville Central Time, so it's just 12 o'clock here, and I'm thinking, oh, I have a few more minutes, and then it just hit me. I am not in Eastern Standard Time. I'm in Central. Oh, okay. I am so sorry. It is not a problem, because what I did was I turned your show into um, an opportunity to talk about all the amazing accomplishments of women of color um, past and present, and you're in that category as well, because... I was just looking at your bio, and I kind of was really amazed by all of the things that you've accomplished in such a short time. Well, thank you. Of course, it seems like an eternity to me, but thank you so much. I mean, at the same time, I'm so proud of everything that I have managed to do just as an independent artist because it's difficult out there. I know. I know. I hear about it all the time. Now, Okay, I went over your bio and stuff, but I want you to tell it because it doesn't sound as good when it's coming from me. It sounds so amazing and so (laughs) fabulous when it's coming from the original person, the originator. Well, I I come from a very musical family, so uh, when I was growing up, I had three brothers who used to imitate the Temptations and the Jacksons, and whenever one was not present, I would sort of fill in. Well, when they were all there, I couldn't sing, so I decided at five years old to just go solo because... I wanted to do my thing. Okay. <laughs> and so I started performing for my community. Even as a young girl, my neighbors, if they had guests over, they would call my parents and say, hey, can Tracy come over to sing for us? And so I always knew very early on that I wanted to be a singer and a teacher. And I continue to do both, and I've done both for many, many years. Um, I did that whole pageant route. So I was Miss Baltimore at one point. I was Miss Maryland. And I'm born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland. So did, did the, um, the pageant scene there, entered tons of talent shows, and one opportunity led to another opportunity, and I just continued to network and meet people in the industry. And so um, I ended up, my, my biggest gig was um, I landed a job with the smooth jazz recording artist Pieces of a Dream. And that was quite amazing because I, while I can sing songs of every genre, I wouldn't say I'm a master at jazz, but because they were interested in working with me, I thought this is an amazing opportunity that I would never want to pass up. So I was with them for three years. I worked on a couple of their albums. And then it just got to the point where um, I thought it was time for me to do a solo project. So I started my own label, and um, I just finished my fifth uh, CD, which I'm really, really proud of. Um, But what I always like to tell folks and -and up-and-coming artists is that an opportunity is not going to come personally knock at your door. You have to be prepared at all times. You have to, at all times, you have to constantly work towards your craft so that when opportunity arises, you are ready and not getting ready. But um, I'm a former music teacher. I'm classically trained. And 
Um, even though I've done this for many years, I'm an artist that I'm constantly working to get better because no matter how great you think you are or people think you are, there's always somebody better. So you need to just make sure you work hard so that you're giving your A++ presentation at all times. Oh, this is this is great. You know, and the fact that you have had the training and you're classically trained I mean, mm-hmm. to go from being classically trained to doing what you do, that should not have been a a hard transition, but it could have been. What do you think? Well, you know, yeah, it definitely was a hard transition because when I started the whole classical piece, it was um, I went to the Baltimore Performing Arts, and um, I was a music major, so it was mandatory that I study classical music. And at the time, I just sort of despised it because I was singing in an R&B band. I mean, I've been singing in bands since I was 11 years old. I've been out there gigging. <laughs> but, you know, so it was almost impossible for me to do R&B music because at the time, I had picked up so many bad habits. And the classical training gave me technique and discipline that is just amazing. But you can't sing classical music and do the other stuff at the same time because one, you know, the classical technique, you know, when you go back to singing pop and R&B music, you will fall back into your bad habits. So for five years, I did the classical music, and now, you know, then afterwards, I went back to doing the jazz and the pop and the R&B, and the technique that I'm now accustomed to is why I maintain great vocal health, I maintain incredible discipline, and as a vocal coach, when I'm working with up-and-coming artists, I give them songs in every genre because every genre of music has amazing characteristics for you to, you know, learn from and add to your foundation to help you become a better singer. And so while I didn't enjoy the classical road, it is why I am the singer that I am today because the technique and the, the, the discipline that I learned priceless. Yes, I agree with you 100% because there are some things that learning on your own can't teach you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's hard to just break those bad habits as a singer. It's really hard to break them. Okay. And, and it's really interesting also because, you, you you know, we don't talk about the education process involved in the music industry. You don't hear that a lot. You don't. And, you know, it's so disheartening to me when I meet so many artists that they just want to sing and be famous. And I tell everybody, first of all, the music business is a business. And in this day and time of the Internet, these young folks really need to take advantage of having so much information at their fingertips. And, I mean, I tell students that I have all the time, singing is not just about getting up on the stage, opening your mouth. You know, it's so much more to it. You know, you got to learn how to breathe properly. You have to learn diction. You have to understand how to deliver a song. You know, it's not just about vocal acrobatics. That's that's not the sign of a great singer. It's all about delivering the song, delivering the message, taking your time, engaging your audience. And people just want to get up there and riff and run all over the place. And that's just that doesn't that's not the great that's not the true quality of a great vocalist. Okay, now for you, you've mm-hmm. transitioned. You know, many different in many different ways. What was the hardest yeah. transition part for you? Um, it's, it's still hard for me because, um, like I said, when I couldn't get a deal, I started my own record label and and the music industry has changed so much while computers are amazing. I think they have just helped to destroy the music industry because you can't sell records the way that you used to because people give it away. So that's been the hardest part as an independent artist when I am executive producing, meaning I'm financing my project. I have to really cut costs because I'm never going to recoup the money that I've invested. And it's important to me to to make sure that I'm giving great quality. But as soon as the product comes out, people, you know, the few people that buy it, go put it on YouTube and give it away. And now there's a button on YouTube where you can convert the music from a YouTube video to MP3 and get the song for free. Hmm. So. That's been one of the hardest pieces for me to keep, you know, because I do have 
have amazing fans that want to keep hearing from me. So I have to rely on that when I'm falling into my slump of, you know, I can't do this anymore because it's difficult to make money because of so many obstacles. And while I understand that anything worth having, you're going to have some obstacles. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's just really, it's become really, really hard to make money in this industry. Yeah, I, I heard Quincy Jones say something like that in an um, interview that he did recently. And he wants to get back to making real music and making making it so that the music can be available and the artists can really get paid for the music that they make. Yeah, and I mean it's it's that's why I have so much more respect for Taylor Swift because somebody like a Taylor Swift, she can stand up and voice her opinion and make a difference. I mean, for what she did with Spotify and what she just did with Apple, with Apple offering music for three months for free, Taylor Swift put her foot down and said, no, we're not asking you guys for for free iPhones. So for those three months that you're offering people free music, you need to make sure you pay these artists. And amazingly, they agreed. So I thought that was absolutely wonderful that she did that because she didn't have to, but and I feel like more people in her position, if they stand up and, and use their voice, which they can, mm-hmm. they can definitely make a difference because it's really making, I mean, indie artists, I, I mean, that's just the way to go because unless you're 17 years old, record companies aren't giving deals anymore. So I encourage people to take control of their destiny. And um, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm in a hotel. Okay. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry, sorry about that. That's but, okay. Um, you know that yeah. was a um, that was the universe applauding you. <laughs> That's the universe. <laughs> yes, I'm in a hotel about to go um, to this last day of a music conference, and then I'm heading on getting on a plane to go home. But um, yeah, the the music industry. You know, like I said, we love it. We love, 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 love it. And as an artist, you know, when gigs weren't coming in, I became a promoter. And I make more money as a promoter when I'm promoting my own shows. It's a lot more work, but that's the kind of thing that you have to do if you want to make money in this industry. You need to, um, you know, like I said, I started my own label, and I do the work. It's a whole lot of work, but it keeps me in charge so nobody's dictating to me what kind of music I need to record. And then at the same time, I go to different clubs and I give them a proposal where I stay in charge and I make more money that way as the promoter. Okay. That is really interesting because we don't never, well, we never really get the opportunity to hear, like, the inside. We only get to see the outside. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes or what the artist is going through, just trying to make sure that they are able to sustain themselves. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it it is no joke out here. And, I mean, I always say, what is going to happen to the music industry? Will they still be alive and well in another three years? Because folks are not buying music. Thank goodness I have an amazing fan base in Europe because they buy physical products. They, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of my material is, is available on vinyl as well. So they don't want the digital downloads. They want the physical product. Okay, because so I was going to ask you about that, you know, about how how well are you received internationally opposed to here in the States, and you answered that question. It's interesting that you would say yeah. that. Yeah, you would think that I was overseas. I mean, I have regions of fans in the States, but my biggest fan base is overseas, Europe, Asia, and South Africa, which is amazing, but also their artists come here to get famous. Okay. It's interesting the way that works. I mean, when you look at Adele, you look at Sam Smith, they made it big here, and then over, you know, at home, they started, the folks from over there started embracing them. Well, my biggest fan base is there, and from over in Europe, folks from in California and New York started playing my material, and then my hometown of Baltimore started playing my own material. But I have to always recognize and give a shout-out to WHUR in Washington, D.C., because they have played everything that I have ever recorded for years, no matter what. And I just love that because, you know, you know, as an indie artist, we just don't have the money machines that the bigger artists have. So, and it's very expensive to hire promoters to 
promote your music and keep it on the air and, and keep you in magazines and things like that so that people are aware of your music. So that's been the downfall of the, the industry in the state because a lot of radio stations don't exist anymore. So if they don't exist, how are people going to hear your music? So I just gravitated towards um, over in Europe because they have a million Internet radio stations. And those mm -hmm. Internet radio stations are huge. They're just as big as terrestrial radio, and they have tons and tons of listeners. And they just love good music, and they don't care about, you know, you don't have to be Beyonce and Alicia Keys for them to just embrace you. And now in this day and time of social media, I make sure that I take advantage of that. And so I stay in close contact with the DJs and, you know, I'm making sure I'm doing drops for everybody and I'm staying connected to folks. And then one connection will lead to another connection. And the next thing you know, somebody's calling you for a performance or, you know, so it's, it's definitely a lot of work. Not, and I'm not trying to discourage anybody. I'm just saying you have to prepare yourself emotionally, physically, spiritually, and you have to have thick skin because everybody's not going to love you, but it doesn't mean that you're not good. It just means that you are not somebody's preference. So you gravitate towards the people that prefer your music and what you do, and that's how you stay in the game. Okay, this is some very valuable information, especially to people who are just entering the industry or considering entering the industry. Now, mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you about the creativity. Um, how do you come up with the lyrics for some of your songs? Because they're really interesting and uplifting. Okay. Well, you know what? I have been on a self-help self journey for many, many years just because of some of my, uh, you know, the ups and downs that I've been through in life. And so... I'm always looking to, I mean, every now and then I'll write a song about, oh, baby, I love you, but I like to, it's important to me to write lyrics that empower and encourage and uplift and inspire. And so anytime that I can, so when, when a lot of times musicians will send me tracks and I just vibe off of the track and as I'm listening, I think, okay, what phrase comes to mind or what word comes to mind? And then I'll start writing around that and then before you know it, a song is in place. Oh, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Now, you started at 11 years old, and like you said, and so here you are now. Now, what would you today tell the younger you if you had the opportunity to go back and say something? If I had, what do you mean, back from when I was back then? Yeah, what would you tell yourself that you know now that you would have wished you'd known when you were younger? Uh educate myself and don't think that everything that glitters is gold and have amazing patience. Keep God first. And I mean, it's the list goes on and on and on. And just be mindful that like the, my current single is called No Limits. And one of the things that has gotten me through is just reminding that there are no limits. If you want to do something, 50% of it is having the desire to get out there. The other 50%, you know, you just need to work work hard because, like I said, opportunity is not going to literally come to knock at your door. And one of the biggest things that I have gravitated towards lately is Joel Osteen said, bloom where you are planted. So stop whining and complaining and take advantage of the moment. Focus on the positive, not the negative. All right. That's good because I ask that because a lot of times there are people out there who – don't have anyone to tell them. You know, if when I was your age, I wish I would have known. So I ask, I always ask that question because you never know who's listening. <laughs> and and it's so true because I have fallen into a mentor position for a lot of artists, and you know, it really excites me to be able to help people not make the mistakes that I made because so many people just get caught up in what they see on these music videos and what they see on TV, and they have no idea how much work actually goes in. I mean, when you look at an artist like a Beyonce, she has been at the top of the game for many, many years, but she works really, really, really hard all day long. And that's what I want people to understand. You have to constantly stay in practice for whatever your craft is, no matter what, never give, you know, you, you can't slack up thinking, oh, I can get by this day, or I can get by this day. You have to, I mean, I've been doing this for many, many years, and I have a, a show coming up in Omaha, Nebraska next Friday, 75-minute show. I run three miles, 
three times a week because the cardio piece is incredible for singers. And I am in my mirror with my with my sound system and my microphone set up, practicing, practicing, practicing songs that I have been singing for years because if I am prepared, it helps with my confidence, it helps with my stage presence. And I want to make sure I'm giving an excellent presentation every time I step up there. I thank you for that because... We only, like I said, we only get to see the end result. We don't know what it takes to get to that point. And it's so interesting that you say that because one of the producers that I worked with on this album, he said to me, he said, so many folks think, oh, Tracy sings, I can sing, I can do what she does. And I'm not saying that they can't, but it's just they don't see all that I actually do behind the scenes. You know what I mean? I don't, you know, I don't have a manager at this point. I'm the record label, and thank goodness I was able to recently get licensed through a company in Europe, Expansion Records. So my new CD, No Limits, is released on Expansion Records. But I have, and and I love being involved because it's important to me to not be a puppet, and it's important to me to stay in control of the music because I don't want people dictating to me what I have to say. I want to do feel good music that I like to sing, that I know I can give a great vocal presentation for, and you know, and get it done. Okay. And I I guess I have, like, thousands of questions, but the fact that, you know, you say that you don't want to be a puppet and people don't really understand what that means. What exactly does that mean? Oh, let me break this down. So in the industry, and especially with female singers, people just think female singers look good and they're not the smartest. So it's important to me because we're working with all of these men. I like to come through the door and with my level of talent, my level of preparation, my level of professionalism, I come through the door prepared with my own plan. And I'm very open-minded, and I want to hear what other people have to say, but I know the artist that I want to be, and I'm not going to allow somebody to um, have me not staying true to myself. You know, so with females, I'm just like, I'm not the kind of artist that you're going to see up there in a bathing suit, performing, I like to give a great, polished, mature presentation. I'm a former Sunday school teacher. I'm a former music teacher of kids. And I want to make sure that, you know, whether you want to be a role model or not, you are. So I just like to make sure that I'm giving a classy, elegant presentation and nobody is dictating to me that I can't do the things that are important to me. So I'm able to continue to stay true to myself. And I can say no you know, if I don't want something or if I don't like something. But, you know, for years I couldn't get a a record deal because people would say, well, who is she trying to be? And I'm not trying to be anything. I am a singer that is very diverse. And, you know, I can sing a variety of genres. And I like, I mean, I I just want to stay true to myself, so I'm not going to allow, I'm not going to be a puppet and allow people to tell me, no, you have to do jazz. No, you have to do pop, you know. So that's what I mean by being a puppet. I'm not going to. I'm I'm a part of the team, and I have a voice in the team, and I'm not just going to have people have me do things that I don't want to do. Okay. Now, your CD, uh, No Limits, is going to be released this month, correct? Um, yes, next Friday, July 17th. Okay, that's, that's good. I mean, there's a lot going on on July 17th. That must be a special day somewhere because this is the second CD release party that I've heard. Oh, <laughs> really? Yes, yeah, this is the so. second album release. I'm like, wow, interesting. Now, um, well, go ahead. Give me details. Details, please. Well, I was going to tell you that July, let's see, the Grammy pre-nominations are, they start the month of July, so a lot of folks want to get in before the due date before the due date closes. So that's probably why you hear a lot of albums coming out now. Oh, okay. Okay. And that that kind of cures my curiosity. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, where can we see you, you know, live? You know, where will you be? What's your tour schedule like and um where will you be here on well in the United States? Well, I have a show next Friday um, in Omaha, Nebraska. I'm going to be in Charleston, South Carolina on September the 4th. Um, I'm going to be in Dayton, Ohio on August 22nd. I'm going to be in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, the week of the second week of October. I have some dates coming up in New Orleans, but 
anybody can go to my website, tracyhamlin.com, and my dates will be there because things are coming in all the time. So right now we're in the process of putting together a promo tour for the U.K., and eventually the launch of my album will happen in the United States before the end of the year. But, um, yeah, you can go to my website and find out what's going on and where I'm going to be, but I'm really, really excited about the release of my album, No Limits, because I never in a million years thought, I didn't dream this big when I said I wanted to be a singer when I was a little girl. So to have to have completed album five has just exceeded my expectations, and I'm just so blessed to work with so many wonderful producers and songwriters and musicians that to that helped to bring my vision to life. Oh, that's great. That is great. Now, I would like to ask one last question. If you mm-hmm. had anything that you wanted to say to any um, up-and-coming, what what would you say, what advice would you give, would you give them? Oh, it's, it would be a lot of advice. But as I mentioned before, bloom where you are planted because the music industry is ever-changing. And, you know, Beyonce's level is not the only level. Like, everybody wants to be at the top, which is one in a million, but there's so many different layers of the music industry, and I have managed to work in a lot of different aspects of it for many, many years and make a career from it. So, you know, I just think it's, it's important. I know everybody wants that level of fame and fortune, but just stay true to yourself and practice, practice, practice to make sure that you're perfecting your craft so that know what you're always ready when opportunity comes. Not getting ready, but always ready. All right. Now, the other question is, would you like to come back again? We'd love to have you. <laughs> oh, anytime. I mean, I love this. I'm telling you, I I have been blessed abundantly, and anytime I can share information to help anybody not make the millions of mistakes that I made along the way, mm-hmm. it is. I mean, I give away free free information all the time. And not that I know everything, but anything that I can share, I love to, and I feel like I'm supposed to do that. Oh, great. We greatly appreciate that. Uh, as I stated earlier on when I was waiting for you to call in, that, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes a lot of people reach a, a certain level of success and they don't remember to turn back and pull up some others. Oh, and you have been doing that so amazingly throughout your career and that is a blessing and we are grateful for it well i'm grateful for the blessings and i just thank you so much for for giving me an opportunity to to speak and for folks to hear about my journey and i would love to come back so thank you so much thank you now i'm not going to hold you because i know you got a busy schedule but i wanted to thank you for this opportunity i want to thank michelle foy for uh, arranging this and we will have you back soon yes and i want to uh definitely give a shout out to Michelle Roy as well. She is amazing. And thank you again for having me. And anytime, I would love to come back. Okay, great. So you enjoy your day and the rest of your week. Well. All righty, you too. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. Everyone, that was Tracy Hamlin, and she joined us, and we were so glad she was able to join us. She shared so much valuable information about the industry, about what it takes to do what she does and on the level that she does and the importance of education. These are all things that we always need to keep in the back of our heads. And her conversation with us was so valuable. And I hope you take heart to some of the information and the advice that she parted upon us. Now, I'm going to go because um, it is Saturday and it is a beautiful Saturday. And I want you all to be able to go out there and enjoy your your weekends with your families and friends. And that really is something that's so important with us as well, that we must always remember to be there for friends and family. And first and foremost, we have to take care of ourselves. And if we have a dream or a goal that we want to accomplish or at least give a shot to or give, um, give attention to, please do it. That is what you do for yourself. And most of all, you got to take care of yourself. Because if you don't take care of you, you will not be able to take care of those who love you and those who need you. And on that note, I'm going to say God bless and be well. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live.